In the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity, amen. Please be seated. There is a quote from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. comes from an interview he gave just once before his assassination in which he says, it's all right to tell a man to lift himself by his own bootstraps, but it is cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. This idea that in America there is the opportunity to be whatever it is that you want to be, it's been the cornerstone of the American dream ideology. What is interesting, though, is that this phrase of lifting oneself up by the bootstrap was originally an insult. It was used to describe people who suffered from delusions as the actual ability to lift oneself up by their own bootstrap is physically impossible. When we turn on the evening news, the world, our communities can often seem like a dark place. Whether it is crime, homelessness, poverty, the economy, or war, it seems like we are doomed. On Friday, the country held its collective breath as the video of Tyree Nichols' death was released. And the world remembered the horrors of World War II on International Holocaust Remembrance Day. The many lives that were senselessly taken refocused our attention on the rise of anti-Semitism that we are experiencing today. It is a sad and disheartening state of affairs that the world finds itself in. And, you know, I don't fault anyone for watching reruns of Andy Griffith or Friends instead. But take heart, friends. There's hope. The setting of our gospel reading this morning is a world that is very much oppressive. Jewish people are living under Roman rule. Their status as non-citizens left them very little opportunity and few means to care for themselves and their families. Many lived lives of enslavement, servitude. Life during Jesus' day was bleak for many. Jesus calls his followers together this morning to give them the Sermon on the Mount, a sermon on eschatology. So what does this fancy word eschatology mean, you might ask? Well, it is the study of the end times or what the world will be like when the kingdom of heaven is reconciled with the world. Okay, now I know this is still continuing to sound rather dark and bleak. So you might be asking yourselves, are we really going to have to wait till we die or the world ends before things get better? The theologian Jürgen Moltmann tells us that the death knell of the church is when the overall attitude of the church turns from anger to cynicism. So stick with me here. Because cynicism accepts the situation. Cynicism loses hope. So what is our hope? 
It's Jesus. Jesus is Moses, or the new Moses, which is what the author of our gospel is trying to tell us this morning. That like Moses, who delivered God's chosen people out of bondage in Egypt, so too will Jesus deliver us from the bondage of those things that oppress us. The author of Matthew would have been very aware that his audience would be Jewish, that they would be very familiar with the story of Moses. He would subsequently want to tie the story of Jesus and how he had come to deliver us in the same way that Moses delivered Israel. In the Beatitudes, Jesus is again flipping things over. This time, though, it is our conception of what it means to be blessed. Like Moses, Jesus goes up a mountain, which, by the way, he happens to do 11 times in Matthew's gospel, to speak to his disciples, to give them a series of nine Beatitudes. This very much is reminiscent of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments. This word beatitude comes from the Latin beatus, which means blessed or happy. Being hungry, meek, mourning, or poor, merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, persecuted or reviled, doesn't seem like things to be happy about. Maybe this is where we Southerners get our little subtle use of that phrase, bless them. I think we need to guard ourselves, though, against thinking that in order to receive these blessings, we need to give away all that we have or that we need to mourn or be persecuted in order to receive these blessings. Because there's nothing that we can do to earn God's grace. There's no experience, there's no situation that we can put ourselves in to make ourselves more worthy of God. And Jesus is not calling us to have pity or sympathy on those who long for better days, but rather to have compassion. In giving us the Beatitudes this morning, Jesus is giving us the tools to be compassionate. To pity someone means you feel sorry for them. To have sympathy means that you understand what they are going through. But to have compassion, one must go deeper. Henry Nowen tells us that to have compassion conveys an inner recognition that our neighbor shares our humanity. This partnership cuts through all the walls which might have kept us separate. We are distinct, beloved creations, but most importantly, we are all created in God's image, and we belong to one another in one holy family. Compassion doesn't call us to walk with others, but rather to walk in their shoes. As we look at these Beatitudes this morning, we should engage them very much the same way I think we engage the Ten Commandments. This is to say they should be experienced. Experienced as a means for being in relationship with God and subsequently with each other. The Beatitudes give us a vision of the kingdom of heaven. That kingdom is about righteousness, uh, being right. 
We are tasked with looking out for one another. And while someone may be in a situation where they feel they do not need help, person feels they can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Not everyone finds themselves in the same situation. Those who fall through the cracks, those who are left behind, those who are persecuted are the ones that we are called to seek out, to be with. In light of how Jesus teaches us this morning, I think that rather than looking at the world through a dark and pessimistic, half-empty Lens like I am sometimes wanting to do, I should rather see it as an opportunity to live in partnership and community with those who are hurting, with those who are lonely. And yet they are God's beloved creations too. So friends, the world is not a dark place, but it is rather a place fertile and ripe with opportunity to share the love of Christ. Amen.